0: Alright, thanks for joining us for Lesson 5 on our teaching series of uh, the genealogical uh, series of the Hebrews. And we're covering Egypt and the exodus to the wilderness um, in this episode with Brother Erwin. And he's actually been to Israel and has a lot of great insight for us today. I hope you enjoy the episode.
1: There was, um, there was only Caleb and Joshua. And the reason they were chosen was is when they were brought to the point of entering the land. They spied out the land. Well, there was one from each tribe selected in order to, um, you know, look at the land and then come back and report uh, what its situation was. Well, the ten spies that came back said, oh, it's too powerful. There's big giants and it's fearsome, you know, we, we can't do it. And Caleb and Joshua said, no, because God is with us, we can do this, you know. So that was, that's the mystery and the secret of what God is doing in in everything, you know, it is the fact that He, if God is for you, who can be against you, you know? And uh, so, but they don't get the lesson. They don't seem to get the lesson. I've run into that in Bible studies, trying to introduce this concept, and it is an amazingly blinded. With some people, some people don't they just can't see anything but just themselves. Well, I can't do that well of course you can't do it, but god can God can do that and uh, so that's that's one of the uh you know one of the the things about um the miraculous is that in Jesus when he was doing his ministry, they said no man could do what he did unless God was with him. And that's what Jesus proclaimed. He said that it is not me that is doing these works, but the Father who is in me doing them. Yeah, he's doing it. So that's the mystery. You know, the mystery is God manifest in mortal flesh is the mystery of godliness. So everything we are to do, everything we are to be, has to come through God working that in us, through us. People get trimmed out, get uh, all out of shape over a scripture that says, work out your own salvation, right? And they say, oh, well, you can't work for your salvation. Well, that isn't what it said. It says, work it out, for it is God who is working in you to will and to do of his good pleasure. So that's that's the part that even today I run into that people can't seem to make that connection. And that's because they don't they haven't really had much of a of a reality of God working with God and God working in their lives. And so, the more God works in and through your life, the more your faith is built. The more you know God, you can do whatever God wants you to do, if you know He works it in through you. And so, it's uh, yeah, it's where our, Paul teaches in the New Testament, our sufficiency is not of ourselves, not of ourselves. You know, all the all the worldly. Psychology, all the worldly stuff is you can do it you you just have to believe you can do it and you can do it and um you have to believe in yourself that's what that's what the world's teaching right, but Christianity is teaching just the opposite you can't do it <laughs> but God can do it through you, he can do it, he can cause you. By his spirit, to uh, to do what you cannot do on your own. Yeah. Anyway, here's deliverance from Egypt. Now, for Moses, we're going to start right off with um, with. Uh, remember, the promise was in Genesis 15 was that they, his seed, should go into Egypt. Stay there for four hundred years, come out with great increase. Then they would conquer the land of Canaan, and then they would reign. Their people would reign from the river Egypt to the river Euphrates, and all of that was is fulfilled in the next, and from now uh, to to all the way through the rest of the Bible, and up to on. Uh, at least up to the kings. The kings, finally, Solomon was the one who reigned that complete amount of time and area. So right now, they've spent 400 years in, they were 70 souls, and now they've developed after 400 years into over 3 million people. Yeah, 3 million people who are going to be coming out of uh, Egypt, nice. <laughs> and so you can see why Pharaoh got a little nervous. <laughs> Here's the three million people in his his reign. And so what happened was, as he saw the Pharaohs started to see this happen, they started to react and started to uh, try to destroy them with hard work. And being unreasonable, and uh, they would even put their own children into the walls if they failed to come up with the proper amount of, uh, you know, uh, material for building. Yeah, and uh, so it was close to a hundred and seventy years, almost half of that two hundred, that four hundred years, that they were in bondage. And so Moses now comes along, and they were. They were um, afraid of the numbers increasing, and so the pharaoh had given command that all of the newborn boys would be would be uh, aborted and put to death. And so uh, at the time, when that's where we come in, and and Moses appears as um, his mother put him in a basket, floated him down the river. And Pharaoh's daughter finds him, and then her her, her his sister, who is pro- approximately nine years older, uh, sees it and and sees the the Pharaoh, uh, daughter take the child, and so, the the Pharaoh's daughter adopts the the baby Moses. Takes him out of the water, <laughs> and that's what his name means. Moses, Moses means to take out of the water. Yeah, to, yeah. So it's interesting that. And then she looks for on uh, uh, someone to take care of the baby, and runs and gets her mother. Moses' real mother, and so, she actually was ra- was raised by his own mother, but. Actually, for Pharaoh's daughter. Right. Yeah, so he was really raised as an Egyptian. You know, yeah. matter of fact, all of Israel after four hundred years were pretty much Egyptian. They were really, you know, loaded with the Egyptian um, mindset, the same way as we are today with our culture here. You know, they may be Mexican, but you're really. You're really American, you know. <laughs> yeah, I'm German, French, but I'm really American. I'm not really German, French, and so they their mindset was really that. That's why down at the when Moses defaulted from the mount, right, and didn't come down right away, they made a golden calf. Yeah, he took too
0: long. Yeah. <laughs>
1: They made a golden calf to worship and said, "This is the god that brought us out." Oh my gosh, that's a mind blower. After all they've gone through. Well, anyway, Moses. Moses is. Um, Moses is watching the workers, and saw one of the Egyptians abusing one of the the uh, Hebrew. Uh, you know, uh, family that he knew was, he knew he was of that, that of that uh, group. And so he killed the Egyptian, hid the body in the sand, but later it was discovered and people, you know, yeah. uh, someone said, oh, you're the one that killed this, you know, you're going to kill us like you killed this other guy, you know, and so Mo- Moses takes off. And that's what this, this line this line here now is, is he's taken off for um midian he flees to midian and so he leaves egypt because he's afraid for doing that he'll he'll wind up being killed yeah okay Let me see. My eyes are getting so bad. Yeah. Okay, so he flees to Midian. Here, while sitting by the well of Jethro, the Midianite, he meets his daughter, Zipporah, the shepherdess, whom he defends from hostile men. And Jethro hearing of this, makes him his chief shepherd. Later he marries Zipporah, has two sons with him called Gershom and Eliezer. It is at this time that Israel in Egypt cried to God for deliverance. And so God speaks to, to Moses in a burning bush. He sees a burning bush and he approaches it and God speaks to him and tells him, you know, that he is going to use him to to uh, deliver Israel. Well, here we go again. Moses, oh, not me. Not me. I can't even talk. I, I'm not a good speaker. I can't talk. You know, he says, well, we'll get get here. Your Aaron, your brother, and let him do some talking for you, you know, and he says, Well, how are they going to believe me if I go over there, they're not going to believe me, you know, and he says, Take the rod that's the staff that's in your hand, throw it down, it became a snake, and then he says, Grab the snake by its tail and it became a rod again, so he said, I am going to make you' A God to Pharaoh, I'm going to make you as a God to Pharaoh so there there you go. He's the misunderstanding of a God, the word the use of the word God in the Bible is the word God means great one, a great one, the greatest. matter of fact, God Almighty is called the highest. He is the highest, the greatest, and that's why that's what um, the name the name means, the great the great one. So, and also he says, when they ask me who sends me, he says, who will I say sent me? And he says, tell them I am has sent me. I am it means is the actually the name Jehovah. Which means the existing one. I exist. I exist. The God who is. The God who exists. And so he sends him off with uh with Aaron. And they go back. They go back to to Egypt and appear before Pharaoh. And uh let me see what happens here. Oh, Moses with his family. I didn't I didn't realize that myself. Moses with his family takes off for Egypt and he meets his elder brother Aaron. He then goes to Israel in Goshen, tells them, and at first they don't believe, but finally they do. They appear before Pharaoh, and Pharaoh refuses to let them go. So we have a long process of all these appearances before Pharaoh, where Moses brings different Supernatural events of it. I, I get really confused in some of them myself. Well, I'm gonna have to read them, but um, this, I don't know if they do that here in the text. But there are ten plagues, ten plagues that they bring upon Pharaoh. Uh, frogs turning the river to blood, uh, you know, flies, uh, uh, darkness, um, the dust becomes like lice. Well, some of these things, Pharaoh's wise men duplicate. But when it came to the lice and the dust, they said they, that was it. They, they, they <laughs> It didn't work. Which is one of the mysteries of, of um, God is Satan has been given power. Mm-hmm. See, he 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 can use these powers, and he has a purpose. It says God raised up Pharaoh to show his power and his strength, right? And so Satan has a purpose. He has a purpose of tempting us and becoming uh, our adversary so that we, through finding out about how he works and knowing that he's working against us, will overcome. We have to overcome through through God fighting for us, right? That's the, That's the whole idea, is God then becomes victorious we become victorious through god working in us and not giving us the information and the knowledge and power to overcome and not be um taken in by satan and um so I, this this is uh, this is the secret of satan and of uh, these wise men had the knowledge of um of the world, the spiritual world, uh, which Satan was a big part of, you know. So you ever seen in in cartoons the guy with a little devil on one shoulder, and a, and then an angel on the other shoulder? Right, that is pretty accurate. It is uh, that is pretty accurate because that's what it is. Is the law of sin Adam when Adam sinned he he chose to disobey God and believe Satan so Satan became the god of this world and is now has right to pollute mankind with the law of sin the principle of sin so now he's he's the little devil on your shoulders saying, well, do it this way, do that, do this, da-da, and he's programming the human mind, see, and then God comes on the other side and says, well, no, do it this way, this is right, and that's wrong, and da-da-da-da, and it's who people are listening to, who they obey, see, that really winds up making the difference, um, uh, there is a doctrine being taught that man is desperately wicked and doesn't always know it well not everybody they had righteous people in the old testament before christ even appeared and in fact the seventh from adam walked with god and god took him he was so righteous and, and we know that we know that there are people who were righteous in the Old Testament. But what 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 the thing is describing is those who have fallen into, you know, an extreme obedience to Satan. And that has degrees degrees. Everybody has sin. Everybody has this input. But everybody didn't follow it all to the degree to the degree that really is making them unrighteous. Yeah. So there's a whole teaching about sin. There's a sin unto death, and there's a sin not unto death. See? There are sins we have to overcome, but they're not gross sins. And it's really easy to see once you examine scriptures, uh, you know, as... as uh, the Ten Commandments put it out. You know, as you, know, it, it you hate your brother, you're a murderer, Jesus said. Oh, well, then that's obviously a gross sin, right? Hating your brother <laughs> and killing him and going against, you know, doing evil. And so it's, it's who you obey, his servant you are, right? Whether we're serving God or serving Satan, and Jesus did this. He said the Pharisees, who were out to kill him, were children of the devil. That's what he called them. So, so it's really it's that's the real important part about Satan is he's there, he's there to give us a choice, and that's and they and it says God raised up Pharaoh. Well, then people start thinking, well, the sovereignty of God. Pharaoh didn't have a choice. Oh, no, he did have a choice. God chose him and raised him up because he was making wrong choices. And he was going to be fit that that time and that uh, character, right? So... That's, it's a misunderstanding, and we get a lot of that and, and a lot of doctrinal stuff, being saved or being righteous or being, uh, you know, being, uh, what, what's the word they use for it? As uh, uh totally depraved, the doctrine of being totally depraved. <laughs> well, even the people that have believed that doctrine have to turn around and say, well, it isn't really total. <laughs> I said, why they use the word total. It isn't. No, no, we're not totally depraved. There are people who are depraved and we and have a degree of of um of sin in because of Satan's in, you know work in, in the law of sin. But there are definitely degrees. There are degrees, and what God wants to do through Christ and the Holy Spirit is bring us into a a sanctified state of being free from from wrong motives and wrong attitudes and wrong, you know, and our our built-in selfishness and, and you know to become. To know the love of Christ and to be um, what the Bible calls perfect is mature in Christ. That we would come to be mature. Yeah. So anyway, that's and all these lessons are amazingly wrapped up in the history, in the Bible story. Yeah, which is actual history, which is really amazing. He's actually... You know, drawing the picture of getting out of Egypt, the world, and then, what? Receiving the law. Yeah. So, so anyway, here we go. He finally agrees to let Israel go, and but they go with a curse. They, he's going to destroy the firstborn of Egypt. All the firstborn of Egypt are going to die and And Israel then is told to prepare a feast, the Passover feast, and that feast had to be done a certain way, and it's very symbolic of christ all of the all of the the feast is is has spiritual lessons tied into it. you know the lamb remember when Jesus approached uh to be baptized. By John the Baptist behold the Lamb of God say well this is the lamb the lamb was selected without blemish a small lamb and it had to be cooked that'd be eaten that night with bitter herbs and um, they had to take the blood from that lamb and put it on their doorposts and around the entrance to their dwellings and that Night, the angel of death came, and it would pass over that house. So that's what it means, Passover. Yeah, he would pass over Christ, our Passover, right? is slain for us. And so it's, it's really amazing, you know, that um, that that symbolism is there, and um, and so all Egypt mourned for their firstborn. And then off they go, they start traveling, and God gives a um, God gives a um a flame of fire by night and a cloud by day to go with them. so the cloud is for for so that they would have protection from the sun and the fire so they could travel by night if they had to. They would travel travel with, yeah, and it was, um, and so as they approached the Red Sea, they went to a place that was, had mountains on each side, that there was a trap, it was like a trap, and you say, well, why did God direct them into such a trap, right flat against the Red Sea? He says... So that he could show his power, right? And so the Egyptians, who'd agreed to let them go, you know, they proceeded and were coming to destroy them, and so Moses stands on the on the edge of the Red Sea, and uh, I think he stretched his rod over over the sea, huh? And then, or did hold it up? I don't know. What did Charlton Heston do?
0: I forget. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't know if he pointed at it or. Yeah. Like, did he write anything like that? I'm
1: like, not sure.
0: Not like pointing, but, not but, pointing, but like just like yeah. over the ocean.
1: But then a strong wind came, and it blew, and it, the waters stood up, like a wall, on each side, and the ground was dry. And they walked all across. And when they got to the other side, along came Pharaoh and his armies and pursued them. And then he put his rod over the sea again, and the waters came and, and drowned them, and drowned all of Pharaoh's army. And
0: two wow. tablespoons of water. <laughs> That's what some of the commentaries say. <laughs> huh? On two tablespoons of water, they drowned yeah that's how bad off he (laughs) gets all the
1: chariots, everything all the soldiers so anyway and the the bodies all floated to the side, they saw them in the morning they saw all the bodies Uh you know so it was Mm -hmm. it was an amazing feat that of deliverance God leads into impossible places to show his power so sometimes the thing that looks like totally is against you, you know, if God's for you and you're with God, why don't worry. He, uh, he provides. And uh, so they start their trick. And the uh, first thing that happens is uh, they they run into some bitter waters. Some waters that they couldn't drink. Um, Yeah, they couldn't drink the water. So what did they do? Complained. (laughs) They complained. Oh, oh my gosh. Yeah. Open the window. Yeah. Yeah, it was amazing. A lot of the stuff, uh, by the way, a lot of the stuff that was in the plagues that Pharaoh, that Moses brought, were things they worship. Yeah, they worshipped some of those things. Even flies they thought were gods, you know, Egyptians. So. so it was a direct, a direct slap in the face to you know, to the Egyptians, you know, what it was done. But the Bitter Waters, I think they had to cut down, let me see. Oh, where is that? He threw a tree, he threw a tree into the waters and then they became sweet and they could drink it. Yeah, He warns them that if they obey God, no Egyptian diseases shall come upon them. Then he goes, there's twelve wells and then there's a seventy palm trees area. And then, God provides. Start providing for them. Uh, quail, yeah. yeah, quail, and manna. So <laughs> there's your meat and potatoes. Yeah, manna.
0: Same, old, same yeah. old, every day. <laughs> yeah, I think I wouldn't complain. I mean,
1: okay, you know, this that's sta- so this stayed early. for forty years. They had they had the <laughs> the uh, manna. They had the manna. You know what manna means? No. Really. What is this? <laughs> means what is this? <laughs> 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 what is this? Really. Because they had to gather it in the morning oh, yeah. every day except on the Sabbath. They had to go, gather twice the amount on the Friday so it would last through the Sabbath.
0: Your cat. Mm-hmm. I threw her out. <laughs> oh, okay.
1: If they had gathered too much, it would spoil.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: They were being greedy. They were being so that bad. was just sufficient mm-hmm. for... You know, just for what they, there was no hoarding. You couldn't hoard it, right? You had to be eaten and done, everything done just the way that was designed, that God was providing for them. Where am I? Um, fifteen sixteen right? over there I know. Yeah. Oh yeah, a part of this is gathered. A part of this manna is gathered and they were gonna later, they'll later put it into the uh, Ark of the Covenant for a witness. It's for a witness of God's provision. Also, then, this is where also right after that is where um he strikes the rock, and the rock yields water. then it says that rock followed them it says and I think in Corinthians it has that first corinthians uh one it It's a 10, 1 Corinthians 10. It says that rock followed them, and that rock was Christ. It was some months ago in my studies, I was studying about um, Christology, about Christ, and I noticed that there was a careful... uh, naming of Christ, the use of the word Christ, which was not always connected to Jesus as a name. You realize that Christ means the anointed one, the Messiah. It wasn't really his name. It was Jesus the Christ. Uh Yeah, but later For some reason, I noticed this happens in people following names. They they continued this many, many years after. Uh, I studied about this guy, Justin Martyr. Found out that wasn't his name. It was Justin the Martyr. He was famous for being martyred. But it became part of his name. Jesus Christ is Jesus the Christ. And so Christ means anointed. That's what it means. It's really symbolic of the Holy Spirit. I can do all things, it doesn't say through Jesus, through Christ. And I started looking at that when I was studying. Christ is the Holy Spirit in man. See? I can do all things through Christ. Christ, meaning the principle of Christ, which is the Holy Spirit manifested in mortal flesh in us, too, right? And he's called a son of God, and we're, we're called sons of God through the Spirit. So that was interesting concept that the rock that followed them was Christ. <laughs> <laughs> Christ meaning the power of the Spirit yeah working yeah out of the rock came water yeah that was interesting because to really see who christ is it's that's who jesus keeps proclaiming that god was in him the father was in him yeah doing the works okay they also had some other things happen. They had to fight. They had to fight some um, people came against Israel, Amalekites. And um, he had Moses, while they were battling the Amalekites and fighting them, Moses had to lift up his hands. I don't know if they had this in the movie. I don't, I don't think so. But he had to lift up his hands. Yeah. I think they were holding his hands and he got tired. Yeah. And so Aaron and others came up and lifted and held his hands up. And if he held his hands up, they won in battle. They would be successful. Yeah, 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 yeah. So there's another kind of symbolic thing of the body of Christ working together, right? Working together, everybody thinks. Well, it's all the leader, the leader. That no, it's you know, it's working together, people. Yeah, and and because uh, Christ is working in, in uh, the body is not one member but many. It says, and that's that's what Christ is 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 manifested through the body. That's why we call it the body of Christ. And so we say, oh, well, it's one person. No, it isn't one person. It's got, you know, uh, one of my teachers said people come up to him and say, we have healing in our church. We have Christ in our church. And he said, well, what part of Christ? You know, they had one part of Christ. Healing definitely would be a part of the work of the holy spirit right working so it's, it's it has many gifts many god gives the holy spirit gives severally to the body you know as he chooses and it's through discerning the body that we have we have uh, everything we need if we don't use you know it's like you have a lot of tools in your Right, and your you got a lot of tools in your your kit, huh? Your yeah, and tools are really handy. I mean, you always got to buy another one. There's no end to it. Got a tool for everything. Well, that's kind of like the body of Christ. If we don't discern the body, then we're we're just not going to be as effective not going to be effective you know we're going to be stumbling and having problems and and you know i i'm always trying to use a pair of pliers instead of a wrench and it it doesn't work too good (laughs) doesn't work good as a matter of fact it messes up everything so it's kind of got those lessons in it Mm. well anyway they go on down to, they're on their way to Mount Sinai. Yeah, and what happens is, Moses, with all these people, they start having problems, and so everybody had had to talk to Moses. Everybody was, uh, and Moses was being overburdened by it. So his father-in-law tells him that, what he should do is select men who are qualified to help him and be able to counsel some of the, the people because we've got three million people and they're and they're all going to speak just to Moses you know and this is what happens with pastors today they don't really realize you know they burn out they burn out because they can't. They can't do everything, you know, and uh, they're not meant to do everything. You know, everybody has their their area of expertise, you know, and so Moses did that. He made captains of fifties, of hundreds, and he, you know, and he got he got people who would um, who were qualified to help, and that took a lot of the weight off of him. Yeah, to try to counsel these people who were having problems. yeah okay. in the third month, three months now to get down to this point, we covered it pretty fast it they God makes agreement with Israel. He said, If you obey my voice, keep my covenant.' You shall be unto me a kingdom of priests. And all the people answered, All the Lord has spoken, we will do. God then tells Moses to let get Israel ready, that he himself will speak to them. All Israel prepare to hear the voice of God. On the third day, God appears on Mount Sinai amid thunder, lightning, earthquakes, trumpets blowing. The whole mount is on fire, and the people fear and tremble. God then speaks to them. <coughs> he speaks to them personally and instructs them in the tent. the Ten Commandments. Thou shalt do this, and thou shalt not do that. If they choose to be his people, in other words, they must love God with all their heart, love their neighbor as themselves, and the people run away from the mount and tell Moses, speak you speak thus with us and we will hear. They had already promised all the Lord has said they will do. So, that was a tremendous, it was a tremendous um, thing that this God who is everywhere and is almighty is hidden from us, right? And just just what he performed there was showing you that he has the ability to manifest himself in an unbelievable way, but he's not doing it. Instead, you know, it's amazing. He chooses to speak through his chosen. Prophets, his pro- it says God has spoken to us through the prophets, and He is now spoken to us. It says in Hebrews through His dear Son. Jesus is the Word of God. He's bringing God's word to us, and that's what um, that's what God told Moses before He took off even from from uh, Egypt. To Egypt he said that I'm going to raise up a man among your own brethren and this man I'm going to put my words into his mouth and anyone who doesn't obey those words will be destroyed among the people and so this was Christ this is why that's what it means the word was God Jesus was the co creator of all things, right? And God used Jesus to do that. But who really did it? God did it. Yeah, so God created everything. And it was kind of interesting, I noticed some terminology. Jesus said if i by the spirit of god if i by the finger of god right if i by the finger of god do these things you know it's it's really it's really god doing them but he was being the finger of god And God says in the Old Testament that his hand spread out the heavens, his hand. But, you know, God doesn't have a hand. Yeah, see, so it's all symbolic, right? It's symbolic. Uh, We had a pastor I was with for, uh, for 15 years, gave a sermon one day. It was really good. He held his hand up. He said, This is God, he says, This is God. And then he took a glove and he put the glove on and he says, The glove is us. The glove is us. See? That's what it needs. That's that's what Jesus was. God manifests, see? God you could see the glove. You couldn't see the hand, right? You can't see the hand. But we could see Jesus. We could see him. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. See? That was, I thought that was tremendous. That was really a good illustration. Not perfect. You know, none of them are, right? But it, it was really, I mean, in a sense, if you think about that, we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that's it, that the excellency of the power should not be of us but it should be of God that's the whole secret and how much of christianity is missing this they're missing they're missing this element and they've reduced everything down to a sunday morning worship you know and everybody goes home and the church is dead it's basically dead why are people falling away because there's no life. There's no evidence of God being among them. And God is, and then they run into all the, what do you call it, the politics, right? The church organizations and people fighting for one thing or another, power, you know, or their prestige or their their ministry, what they call their ministry. So, yeah. So it's really sad, you know, that... that Um, this is a work of Satan to get people off if you would really go back to the Bible and study Jesus and study the Bible you'll see study the apostles teaching you're going to get it you'll get the whole thing well anyway they arrive at uh, they arrive at the Mount Sinai And Moses is called by God to go up to the mount to receive the law. And God is writing this law on tablets, two tablets of stone, uh, with his own finger. He's... Uh-huh. <laughs> <Yeah. That's- laughs> God didn't have a finger. (laughs) It must be Jesus. It must be Jesus. Remember, Moses says, well, I want to see you. I want to see you. Oh, that's a problem. Well, why don't you stand over there and I'll just show you my hinder parts. It's like, You notice that Moses had the same problem most people have. They want a God they can see. Yeah. Yeah. He gets the law. He comes down. And what are they doing? They're all, they made a golden calf to worship. He took too long. He took, you know, what was it, 40 days or something? He was on the mount. Was it? Was it that long? I don't think so. No? But I'm not sure. Um, Let's see.
0: She finds it first.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Here, wait a minute. My eyes are so bad. Trying to read this, it
0: doesn't
1: say forty days here. It says, Israel become impatient. Oh, I got 40 days written down here. Yeah. Whoa. I don't know where I got it from. I hope it's from Scripture. Yeah. <laughs> and anyway, they got impatient, and they made the golden calf. Well, Moses throws down the laws and breaks them. Symbolic, the fact that they had broken the law. And... <clears throat> He said, Who is on the Lord's side? Let him come unto me. Only the tribe of Levi joined Moses. That was his tribe. He was he was a Levite. Yeah. So they were the ones who were chosen when they developed the priesthood concept and the the tabernacle to be the priests. Was that tribe? They were chosen. And, uh, and when he, when he, they do that, what happens is he sends the Levites into the rest of Israel who are still worshiping the golden calf and, and started to kill those who were worshiping the calf. I forget how many it said were killed, but... There was that's interesting that it was you know, that they had um that, that was that was a penalty for their disobedience. About three thousand said three thousand were, were slaughtered in that that time. Oh, the rest of them, God said, I will blot them out of my book. Oh. So he goes back up and gets the renewed tablets. You ever thought about that? I wonder what happened to those broken pieces of the. You think they could still be there? <laughs> I don't think he did, right? <laughs> I guess it depends on how badly they were broken, huh? Mm. But that's interesting. I mean, and also he took the golden calf, ground it in, ground it up, and forced Israel to drink it. Huh. Forced them to drink the golden calf, the gold. <laughs> That's interesting. So anyway, God establishes a religious system. He gets he gets Moses to build a tabernacle and everything. Oh, is this still going?
0: Yeah, it's doing good. Yeah. I don't know if it might have, have a one hour
1: says so recording.
0: Fifty five minutes. Yeah. maximum time is uh, one hour so you have four minutes <laughs> oh
1: wow we're running late too
0: that's ok you have four minutes
1: Huh?
0: you have four minutes so, I got 40. four minutes left Yeah. <laughs> <recording>. <laughs>
1: well anyway he develops the system God shows Moses everything how it was to be done on making the tabernacle mm-hmm. and it's all symbolic it's yeah. very, very symbolic the tabernacle and how everything is done of spiritual life, you know, and um, it had uh, it had uh, to everything to be done exactly the way. And it was God's presence among them. That's what the 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 Ark of the Covenant in the Most Holy Place was where he would commune with God, and he'd go in there only once a year and bring sacrifice or bring blood. To purify the nation, once a year, and um, and also they set up they set up the sacrificial system, the priesthood system, yeah. and uh, the Passover was established as a as a um, a continuing uh, ritual for the rest the rest of their their time forever it was supposed to be. Well, we have it now in Christ, right? We have that. Yeah. Well, maybe it's a good place to stop. we we'll stop in, uh, I went up that mountain. I was, well, no, I actually found out it wasn't the mountain. It was what next door to it. It was a mountain that was next door. Yeah, when Israel went down there, I think in the 60s, They went down there and uh, occupied this area. The soldiers went up Mount Sinai and said they got the wrong mountain. The mountain next to the one that the Greek Orthodox have pointed out uh, is actually not the right one. It was the one right next to it, yeah. And the reason is, is you can see it. When I read that article, I saw, I said, that's right, because the one next to it was black, and you could tell. It had literally had fire, it had melted, the rock, and everything was, you could see it. It was real clear. Yeah. And the one we climbed up, it was nothing. It was all craggly, you know, you could tell. It was not, uh wasn't the right mountain. But anyway, that's uh. That was done. I w- I traveled there in nineteen fifty eight. Nineteen fifty eight. I was I was there. And uh, stayed in Saint Catherine's Monastery down in the valley area. Yeah, they have a, you know, a
0: monastery there. The Greek Orthodox. Thanks for listening to our studies and please tune in and watch for our next episode.